Let's do this. Hello and welcome to the Chef Salty Pork Podcast with your host Casey and Sean. We're your weekly home for culinary news, insights, text, musings, and everything in between. That's right. You can also catch us recording and streaming on YouTube at Chef Salty Pork Podcast. Please like, comment, and subscribe to get up-to-date notifications of when we are broadcasting live, like right now. We are we are live, like as in we can see each other. I, I need to like reiterate this because I think um, a lot of folks don't understand. Like Sean and I are on a Zoom, not a Zoom call. This is well, technically, whatever. We are on. Yeah, we are yeah, on the it's, camera it's for yeah, for all intents and purposes. Yeah. This is a Zoom call. This <laughs> yeah, is a Zoom call. You can see our faces. You can see you can see my actual apartment behind, right. which is a mess right I now. I feel like I'm there. I haven't been there in a while, but I feel like I I'm know, there. right? It's been a minute. Um, Sean got some. Um, can you can you see this on the camera? Sort can you sort of? Yes. Um, sort of. From my vantage point, it looks like you have some cookie dough on your arm. Uh, what is going on? <laughs> can I can I put that a little closer? Oh, I see. Yeah. So I some was um. Scars. No, no, I was playing with ice with an ice pick. Mm-hmm. That's oh. where we're going. So it slipped and it just you know casually went into my form. Wow! You casually yeah. ice picked yourself. Just because I was like, I don't, That's I don't crazy. know. I, I think I was like trying to hold it this way, and I'm like trying to. I I don't know what I'm thinking, Sean. Okay, yeah, I'm, like I'm, the heat. I'm just trying. To, I'm looking at like the the, Can you like, the puncture like wound this. and like how you would have been holding it with the other arm. Yeah, well, because I had to brace it onto. I couldn't brace it this way. Well, I guess I could have. Well, whatever. This this was comfortable, so I was doing this right. And it slipped and it, it dinged me. Right, it's, it didn't go too deep. It was like maybe. I feel like I have to ask you this every couple of months, <laughs> and I know you probably can't tell me, but maybe you could blink if you're in a fight club. <laughs> <laughs> Casually uh, ice mean, picking yourself. All right. I mean, okay. you know, just okay. Just a nice pick. So, uh, you know, I got, I got a lot of love for you, so I'm gonna let. <laughs> We're just gonna have to learn to 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 live with that, but uh, got it. Yeah, man. <laughs> I definitely I'm make sure you stretch club. next time you're ice picking. Uh, I don't I don't condone uh, violence. Um, however, sometimes the tools that we use, uh, well, you know, first of all, it's hot. Like in the kitchen, can I tell you this too, Sean? So the kitchen, as you know, actually, I don't think I've mentioned it here at the show before. It's it's particularly small, so I want to say, like a ten by a ten by eight with all equipments okay. in it. You you barely have like one line of getting to and fro to where the stove is, to where the cell table is. It's it's very minimal space. I don't like the word using. I don't like the word very, but I, I had to use it there because it is literally like just a small aisle. You get into the stove. That's where the ovens are. That's where I'm usually at. And then the cell window is in front of the, um, the physical, like where the tickets are. Okay. And that's like, that's where we put the place down. That's where we set, set up. Like it, it's, I don't know. There's also five people in the kitchen. That kitchen can only maximum get like two people in there. You know what I'm saying? How many ice picks are on the line at any given <laughs> point in time? It was my ice pick, Sean. It okay. Was I'm my, just, I'm just trying yeah. to, just trying to understand. <laughs> Actually, it wasn't really a nice pick. It was an oyster knife. Ooh, okay. Yeah, so... I, I mean, do do that information as you will, but I, I needed a nice pick. My oyster knife was the closest thing to it. So I used an oyster knife. To glance off of a piece of ice. Yeah, because, well, you know, I had to, like, sculpture... Like, needless to say, okay. it was a whole endeavor. Yes, it was chef. a... It was an entertaining, it was an entertaining five minutes. And they were like, are you okay? I'm like, you know, it's fine. I just went in like, I don't know, a couple inches. It's cool. <laughs> Nothing damaged. Okay. I can feel everything. Look, everything's working. Right. I bandages it. I even have a little slurry at the station, like a salt and lemon slurry. I don't suggest this to anybody to do this if you get hurt. But if I get like a little nick or something, I'll literally pick up that slurry and just go like that. It's, it's habit. It will hurt for like the. In the next two minutes, 
but then you're fine. But I guess in my head, that's insanity. <laughs> the little fight no, no. club triage. You're you're not convincing me, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like airing it out. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm fine. You know, it's cool. Yeah. It's whatever. Oh, Sean, I got a haircut. Oh, yeah, As man. Okay, I see you. I see you. I got a haircut. Um, sorry about last week. We were. I was a little, a little busy. Ah, it's all, um, it's all good, man. Only because so the way I'm still trying to get a grasp of it. So I'm trying to um, to explain to you how the, uh, that specific restaurant works. We're open Wednesday to Sunday, right? Yeah. We're definitely off Monday Tuesday. Like it's sure. It's closed. Nobody's there. Everybody has a definitive two days off. And, and to reconfirm, uh, the the chef owner is not there now. Correct. So chef okay. currently had an out procedure on his knee. They had to clean. Mm-hmm. I forget what Caitlin told me, but it, it's like an actual procedure. They take like a, a telescope thing with a blade on it that injects into your knee. They look around. They clean up stuff. He had like bones that, that arthroscopic there. surgery, man. Uh, there you go. That's what it is. And just to clean it up and everything. Um, he was thinking he'd be back in about 10 days. Doc said, um, multiply that by four weeks. It's literally four. It's going to take you four weeks. Um, so this is technically the fourth week. Okay. Right. He's, you know, we've seen him back and forth. He's, he's feeling a little better. He's moving around, but he cannot do. He cannot do the twisting motions. So if he were oh. to work back with us, literally is just side to side, front to back. Like that is always he can do, uh, which is fine. Like we will, when I say we, it's me and Ben, me and the other chef. Uh, we will take care of the, most of the brunt work. Um, but, you know, like I said, he's he's feeling much better. He's fine. We see him. Um, it's just his knee that's uh, taking his toll. Um, he's also 68. The, yeah. the dude's been been sure. at it for like 50 years. It's insane. And, you know, and, and yeah. especially in, in in this industry, you're going to be on your feet all of the time. So all the time. Yeah, I'm sure he's 68, but got 88 year old knees. You know, from, <laughs> yeah. From 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 doing all that work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He said he started when he was 21. Mm-hmm. So when he was 21. He was an engineer, actually, Sean. It was this okay. is this crazy little thing. So he he went to school for engineering. He did the whole engineering thing for six years. At twenty one, he kind of dabbled into the cooking thing, and then at twenty six, he was like, "Nah, not for me," and he went fully into culinary. So wow. technically, twenty six. He's been at it forty years. You know, it's yeah. um, incredible, incredible person. Um, and then I have some updates for you a little later, but not not too crazy. So that I'm trying to get a grasp of the restaurant. I'm off Monday, Tuesday. I'm I'm acting as head chef because um, that's technically what I applied for um, to relieve him, not really of his duties, but to support him as a second person. Right. Sure. And the way the ordering goes is we will we will get an order, a big order on Wednesday. Literally okay. everybody comes in. Sure. Um, and then in between orders, obviously a produce order every night, um, a fish order every night, Sean. Oh, okay. Um, I respect that. Right? Do you, I, I don't remember if you ever used, um, did we ever use Madison? Or did you guys ever use Madison Seafoods no, at the other location? No, Trinity. Just Trinity, right? It was just yeah. Trinity. Mm-hmm. I mentioned to him too, like, Shout can we use Trinity? Trinity? Shout out to Trinity. Uh, both New Jersey companies, buddy. Madison Seafoods, based in Newark. Trinity Seafoods, based in Asbury, a little further down. Um, but they both deliver, no matter where you are in a greater New Jersey area. Uh, he was like, I like Madison. Um, their quality better. I was like, okay, not a big deal. Sure. So we use Madison fish every every night, if if need be. Um, and then like little off pieces, I have to go to the store physically to pick them up. So a little bit more out of my day, and I was trying to get a get a sense of how I can program my day around. But I average, you know, like ten hours a day. That's not too bad, you know. And then definitely two days off. So I I'm a happy camper, like all throughout. So how would you um, compare 
Trinity to Madison's Fair? Hmm. I think uh, so. Oh, did you know that there's a shortage of crab meat right now? Yes. Like crazy shortage, right? I just tried to order today 10 pounds, which is a can of crab meat. Mm-hmm. Um, and they out of stock, like no crab meat, like at all. And so I called, I called him. I was like, hey, Madison, Madison don't have it. You want me to call my contact Trinity? They're like, go for it. See if they have it. If not, call Dairyland, which is our other provider that we use here. Okay. I'll call Trinity. Trinity don't have it. I was like, what, what is going on with this? So I, I recalled Dairyland, which is our provider. They just happened to say, we have a short amount of it. I was like, however much you have, let me get out all of them. So I, I practically bought uh, 10 pounds worth of crab meat. But Sean, their crab meat now is $47 a can. That's a can. Ridiculous. That is, that is expensive. If you can remember, our crab meat when we were in our restaurant was $22. Right. A pound. Um, and that was like, oh, this, that's expensive, bro. It's it's a hundred times more or a hundred percent more now, uh, especially with COVID. But I don't I don't I don't know what's happening. There's a shortage. I haven't really looked into um, any news lately, but that is what's happening in the restaurant. So technically, I'm still definitely available Monday, Tuesday, but it still depends because I'm still running to and fro um, at the restaurant, sort of. Like obviously you don't want to keep running through, but as as acting head chef, um, it's a lot more responsibility on my end. But yeah, man, not too crazy. Um, I wanted to get into this um, to this topic I I mentioned to you earlier: um, how to create your own flavors in your journey as a chef. But before we do get into that, though, Sean, how was your week? I haven't seen my week was good. Yeah, man, we yeah. haven't we have we didn't get a chance to speak to each other last week, and you know, um, while I definitely understand that you were busy last week, I was kind of glad to have last week off, um, and that was yeah. only because okay. uh, there was the NBA Finals, so uh, yes, yeah, it was the Bucks, the Bucks and the Suns, and it was an epic, an epic game. You know, for mm-hmm. all of those who don't already know, I am a huge basketball fan, and. Um, Despite the fact that the teams that I normally root for had either uh, got eliminated. Well, yeah, they all got eliminated early from the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And this year in particular was a season fraught with a lot of injuries from a compressed season and a lot of uh, COVID-related absences from teams. So, like, a lot of teams this year just did not have all of their guys available. But nonetheless, mm-hmm. like... When it all came down to it, it was a really, really um, exciting, exciting NBA Finals. And, you know, we got to see a new champion, you know. Yeah, man. It's, it's, it's good for the NBA to kind of have um, new blood uh, at, at the top of the ranks, you know. I, I, am, I am looking forward to next season and, uh, you know, uh, hopefully a, a less covid impacted world <laughs> but yeah, you know yeah, that yeah. obviously that that still stands to, to to be seen yeah yeah did they ever win a championship the from bucks. like history i not don't think so life, right not in our lifetime the last time the bucks won was 1972 no but there is a history of them winning at least yes one yeah, time. yeah yeah oh uh, okay yeah okay, okay. yeah yeah, you know, way back when the Bucks had some of the greatest NBA players of of <laughs> all time, Oscar Robinson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and mm-hmm. even even since then, they've always they've had like quality players. They just haven't been able to uh, to put together a championship contender. So, mm-hmm. you know, shout out to Sidney Moncrief and Ray Allen and Vin Baker. Shout out to Michael Red. Shout out to Brandon mm-hmm. Jennings. You know, um, we're trying to think of other other notable Bucks. Shout out to Monte Ellis for for those who know, you know, who made the Bucks entertaining to watch, um, despite the fact that they weren't um, not you know necessarily like a championship contending team. But yeah, you know, this year the the, the Bucks are on top. We'll see what next year yep. has to bring. And then kind I was of just, following um, up on that basketball energy, you know, the Olympics are going around. <laughs> and, Olympics are going uh, team Team USA is not looking as uh, as dominant as it has in years past. So, you know, I'm 
still still looking forward to, to, to watching as much professional level basketball as available until the start of next season. So they're down yeah. two right now, correct? Is that all that I'm So they just started playing their the actual games. Like they had exhibition games and as of last or as of Sunday, um they lost their first seeding game. So they oh, really wow. need to not lose any more games. Otherwise, they're going to be out of metal contention very quickly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's very, very apparent that um, the NBA, or rather, not the NBA, but rather, well, yeah, the NBA. But um, the NBA. as an extension of the NBA, basketball is a global game. And mm-hmm. um, the organizational advantages that the United States once enjoyed are just not there. And... Um, yeah, man, they're, they're they're balling everywhere. So mm. you know, it's a lot of a, a, a lot of good national talent. Team Nigeria is looking really good. The yeah, Spanish team is awesome. Is generally Spanish teams are always great. Um, Australia's got a good team. Lithuania's got a team to look out for. So mm. again, just like with the Milwaukee Bucks, it'll be really interesting to see um, you know who who's gonna kind of take the crown or you know get the mm. medals. And, uh, you know, I'm still rooting for Team USA, but I also wouldn't be surprised if they, they get walked right up out of there. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it is, is because, in, in my opinion, it, um, no matter what kind of team you're in, if you're not gelling, it's not going to work. It's yeah, not a, yeah. Oh, for sure. It's not an I, mean, I you know, generally, it's, a, it's a team thing. Like the U.S. team is just comprised of like the best players on the planet and they literally just show up, roll the balls out and have their way. But... You know, mm-hmm. other national team programs, you know, are um, designed where they have some continuity of the teams, you know, um, tournament to tournament. You know, a lot of these teams or guys are playing with their national clubs and um, and in their national league. So, you know, they're a lot more familiar and typically like the other nations are not building their offense around athleticism but mm-hmm. you know more like uh i don't say like a more more team friendly dynamic that's based on you know an offensive system that you can kind mm-hmm. of plug and play you know players into and yeah it looks like at this point at least with the team that the united states is rolling out like you know the sheer athletic advantage is not going to be enough so we'll see we will see, we'll see. I'm definitely looking forward for because I I recorded most of them. Well, not most of them, but uh, I recorded primarily the volleyball exhibitions. Mm-hmm. Oh, such a fan! And then the table tennis. I, I am at one point in my life I really wanted to be a table tennis player. I, I Sean, I was I was addicted to it. I had paddles. I was pro, bro, before I came over. Um, what do you I think is was, easier to to wield? Uh, Table tennis paddle or an ice pick? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a table tennis paddle okay. and an ice pick. I mean, it wasn't an ice pick to begin. I think it'd be easier if I had an ice pick. Literally, just like, you know. It, yeah, I mean, considering what you were trying to do, yes, an ice pick would have been the tool for the job. <laughs> but, like, I, who carries an ice pick? I'm not I'm not uh, an ice sculptor, so we didn't really have one. I was like, oh, I have an oyster knife. Close enough. Let's go for it. Yeah. <laughs> and your forearm was like close enough. <laughs> imagine, imagine if it wasn't there. Like if that would have like gone through like my my shoulder or some junk. That would. You know what, man? <laughs> we would have, we would have had another week off. <laughs> By the way, just got it right there in the karate. That would suck. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, oh my goodness. Anyway, uh, some um. Sean, it, this is not not really a tricky um, topic, but like, how does one create their flavor as the journey of becoming a chef? Like, take a stab at this for me. Like, um, in my opinion, for me, because I, I primarily revolved around Asian cooking, I wanted to turn Asian dishes, Asian dishes to be a lot more accessible mm-hmm. because... Like if you think about it, the, our cuisine is so is so out there. Like there, we have a dish made with pig's blood in Filipino cuisine, literally okay. stewed 
pig's blood. We call it dinuguan, literally pig's blood stewed um, as porridge, and we eat that. Um, you know, we also eat a lot of offal pieces. Offal is like like the hearts, the liver, mm-hmm. the, the intestines. That's normal cuisine for literally 80% of the world. And we are predominantly at the forefront of that as Asians. Um, and also, fun fact, um, do you remember that show Fear Factor? Yeah. You remember this? All, mm-hmm. like 80% of their cuisine was Filipino food. Like it was, that's how they got their, all their ideas from. And also the infamous bullet egg that everybody tried to like, oh my God, it's a duck. I was salivating when I first saw it. I was like, oh my God, this is, it has to be the easiest food challenge I've ever seen. Um, but for me to, to make my cuisine more accessible, that's how I develop my flavors per se. How, how do you think, what does that mean to you? Well, I think you're absolutely right there. I think when you, when you're thinking about developing your particular flavors, I think you, you kind of have to kind of start with the, the, the baseline of the palette that's informed by where you live, right? Like Mm. you're going to have cultural touchstones that you're going to, um, be basing your decisions upon. You're going to, you're going to look at like your available, uh, food sources to kind of inform where, you know, you're, you're going to go from. And then, um, as you grow in, um, that space or rather as you grow in, you know, in, in, in understanding of techniques, you can kind of branch out and, you know, look to other places and other cultures to draw inspiration from. Um, Mm. when you posed the question to me earlier, you know, like how do you create your own flavors? To me, it's like writing your own story, right? Like, okay. You, you, you kind of build upon an alphabet that, or, you know, I'm, I'm going to think of like, you know, Roman characters, but like, yeah, like build upon an alphabet and then from there, build your words and then use those words to form the concepts that are going to tell your story. And mm. that's exactly how, you know, developing flavors or flavor profiles as a chef works. I mean, you need to have um, a good understanding of your, your ingredients, your resources, you know, a handle on techniques so that like you can um, experiment and refine. And then, you know, you got to have a good understanding of the market place mm. if you're looking to sell these things um, so that like you can further hone in on whatever your niche is going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, and then and then go from there. And then, and I would say the last step, <laughs> depending on where you want to go, is like, you know, incorporating some of the feedback you get from, you know, the people that are eating your food or, or the, you know, the, the customers for your food. Interesting. And using that to kind of, you know, go in one di- direction or another. Now... Let's let's take it all. I don't want to say break it down. Like, for example, like um, let's say a brand new cook out of school or a brand new somebody that wants to learn how to cook. Now, I'm basing this uh, in the greater New Jersey area because I'm in New Jersey. Uh, New York is literally just just a plethora of everything. But specifically in New Jersey. And I I just found this out the other day. um, 70 percent of restaurants are Italian restaurants. Did you know this? I didn't like literally, know that, but it doesn't—it doesn't surprise me. Like literally, it's it, just, yeah, it's, it doesn't. So Italian, me. yeah, pizzerias, Italian joints. No, no matter, no matter what restaurant it is, there, there's going to be two or three more Italian restaurants in the New Jersey area. New York, it's it doesn't matter. It's like every, all all hordes bar. Everyone's everywhere. It's so great. That's why it's such a good place to kind of hone your palate, but. How does one from New Jersey, let's say this, um, define what they what their cooking style should be after, you know, after if they got a school or having only tasted that one one palate? How do you think that they can go about acquiring that that flavor, as we say? 
again, I think there's no better way to do it than to kind of, you know, explore or, you know, in, 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 in the region around you. So, you know, for, for, for that aspiring chef from New Jersey who feels like, you know, the only thing that they have access to is um, an Italian-based fair, I would say put some money on your um, your easy pass, uh, fire up that <laughs> New Jersey Transit and head into the head city over. and start to nice. yeah, start to explore. Like, you know, you, you, you that's what you need to do. You know, and again, especially when you have all of the outlets that exist you know, here in New York City, like, I think it's your due diligence to kind of go out and kind of think about and experience, like, different foods and and, and, and start to ask the questions from there. Like, mm-hmm. What is this? How is it accomplished? You know, what is it made from? What am I trying to accomplish? Where is my budget? Like, where can I go from this, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you could take some techniques that you're learning specifically from um, Asian cuisine and apply it to your Italian fare. If that's where, you know, if that's where you want to take it or, mm-hmm. or you could understand that like, Hey, the, the, this marketplace is missing this, you know, um, how can I take this and, you know, recreate it or, you know, or, or add my own flair and, and present it to, people or you know that have a similar expectation you know or understanding of of food that you you did Mm -hmm. again you know shout out to new york and all of the um different places you you can go but i think jollybee exists (laughs) as a a prime example of that right like it's just like yeah like it it fits a niche you want like (laughs) filipino fast food Right? Like, here Jolly you me. go. Right? Like, here you go. It's going to cater to someone and prove itself in the marketplace. Right? Like, I, I think if you're an aspiring chef, like, you need to experience as much as you can and, you know, and kind of let that um, inform or reconfirm your understanding of the foods that you want to produce. Oh, it's in Woodside. So I, I just actually pulled that one. So give me a sec. So for, for everybody that doesn't know, Jollibee is a Filipino institution. It's our McDonald's, essentially. Um, there is one right here. It said Woodside. Yeah, it's like Queens. It's they, like Queens, right? Yeah, at one point, I thought they were going to open one in Midtown, but I, I wonder if those plans got scuttled for... Um, with, with, Concerns to COVID. Hold on. No, no, it's right here. There's another one. Where is this one? Yeah. Okay. There is one. Okay. All right. All right. All oh, good. 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 I was like, I right know there. that there was like one. So it's right on. Is that 40? Right on 40th. Mm hmm. So right yeah, there. Go, wow. Go, go check out Jolly B. <laughs> but look at this. Like, just, just doing an overview of New York City, bro. Like, look at this. Yeah. There's so many. All of these different restaurants existing with all sorts of different price points. And, you know, just embarking in, you know, having an experience is going to open your eyes up to all these other different possibilities. Mm-hmm. I can, um, I think I can say that I think the most growth I've ever had was when, when Caitlin and I did our trip um, across okay. the, the U.S., because mm-hmm. we literally stopped by like some some great spots along the way, and I think just just experiencing that different cuisine, like I, I don't think I've ever had better barbecue uh, than in Texas. Like we've been around, in, in my opinion, at least um, Texas and Austin specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was amazing. So the the restaurant is La Barbecue. It's the the people from Franklin's made their own thing. I think that's what the story is. Um, that's the barbecue we had. I, sorry, like I, it, that's what I aspire what a barbecue is. And then, you know, you keep moving down south, um, keep going across. And it's just, I, I've grown so much just eating food. I didn't even cook it. Just ate it. I, I got to experience the, the culture and how 
it's supposed to taste like in their hands. And I think it may, it just made my profiles a little bit. I was like, oh, I think, you know, I, I went to this joint in, in Texas at one point. I think we can smoke it the same way. Can we try that in my ramen next time or something? And that's, yeah. that's kind of. And that's exactly what I'm saying. It's like, you know, mm. you, you move around, you experience, you ask questions, you know, you start to source ingredients and, you know, you try to understand, like, if you were going to do something similar, you know, like, how could you how could you pull it off? You know, are some ingredients just regional? Like, how do you make that work? You know, how do you begin to substitute if you if you need to or if if or mm. even if you can? You know? Yeah. I mean, so currently at the restaurant, I put in four dishes uh, so far into our menu. Uh, Asian inspired, obviously. Um, but with a French twist, that's like okay. the, cause you know, obviously we're, we're French, so, French so, inspired so, restaurant. So pearl onions and no scallions. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So you, you understand it. Um, but things like such. So for example, like that duck duck dish that I was talking to, I think I've sent you a photo of it mm-hmm. or a video of it. But on the bottom is what I call Mediterranean rice. So I pulled this out of um, Kaylin's actual heritage. So they make this Lebanese rice-ish, maybe Turkish, Turkish-ish. So it's it's basmati rice that's um, not really toasted, but it's stewed in butter and also pasta, like angel hair pasta okay. that's browned in the butter. Yeah. And then you, you take your rice, you brown it a little bit too, and then you add all your fixings and then cumin seeds to let it bloom and that's like your rice bro i'm telling you right now i was just like why haven't i made this before i know i had it in my brain but stuff like that and just basmati rice uh and then gets a little duck confit on top of it with duck breast that's sauteed also and all tossed in duck fat because you know might as well we use the duck uh passion fruit uh gelée passion fruit vin and passion fruit relish on top of it for this duck dish that we serve currently at the restaurant. So a, a lot of the passion fruits, obviously, me, that's the Asian part of it. But with a collaborative effort and some some of my background, um, that's how we came up with it. And pearl onions. <laughs> <laughs> no scallions. Um, but we did put cilantro on it. So okay. for me, that was a win because... Chef doesn't really like using fresh herbs for some reason. He's more of a purist. He's like, yeah. you know, let, let the dish speak for it. I get it. I, I like herbs more. So, that again, we have to compromise on how everyone's flavors are attuned. And the, the second part to this is once you do develop your flavors, Sean, for me, I go 10 or 1. There's mm. no... There's no middle for me. All right, so, it, it, explain. Okay, so if I make my ramen, mm-hmm. if I say spicy ramen, bro, that's going to be a nine and a half, ten. It's going to be spicy. It's going to kick your ass. It's going to make me feel like I sweat. That's how I, I like, my, uh, like my spice, and that's how I want my ramen to feel. If I presented that same dish to Chef right now, he'd be like, okay, maybe the chilies needs to be like a level two. Right, I was just I was just going to ask you because <laughs> yeah. I think like I I understand that you're saying like this is what works for you, but it's like does mm. this work for your market? Right, like Correct. yeah, like maybe the most authentic thing would be to present it at a ten, but because <laughs> you, you're not necessarily um, in that environment, maybe maybe a two or a three is is for the best, and you can. I don't know. You, you you can you can bridge the gap with time, right? Like you inform mm-hmm. you your, <laughs> your your customers <laughs> and you know get get them comfortable and then present them another option. Like, hey, this Correct. is here, but we also have this secret menu yeah, over here. Exactly. Um, I I blame that on the white folks. <laughs> Their palate isn't as great, and we all know this. Um, it's just. I don't know. It, it, they, they tend to, American palate tend to more be in the middle. Can't be too much of one thing. Can't be too low. They like the, the middle ground. Asians, literally, it's, again, 10 and 1, right? It's either really subtle one or really flavorful 10. Flavorable to the point where 
it's almost too salty, but it's not. Like that's that's mm-hmm. how to differentiate it. Um, and then everybody else kind of falls in between those two the barriers. But for at least for the restaurant that I'm working in right now, um, I need to compromise on how the flavors are. So when I cook my dish, I'm like, just to let you know, this is how I would eat it. This is not how we're going to present it. But just taste it. That way you understand the flavors. And I would taste his. We compare. It's it's a really nice like work, like um, collaboration, actually. Like if you think sure. about it, you know, and he taught me how to do uh, some more subtle things with the flavors um, mm-hmm. instead of just going balls to the wall, like 20 things. He's like, maybe try 11 things instead of 20. Um, but I'm like, but there's we could do 21. <laughs> <laughs> well, all I can definitely tell you is like, you know, between the 11 and the 20, you need to have 11 of the right things. And Correct. Yeah, I can definitely tell you a little anecdote as to why pearl onions were top of mind so the other day uh, my wife was like oh man i could really go for some coca vin and i'm like oh okay all right let me do that right and you know i know i'm going to my little market to kind of source all the stuff and they don't have pearl onions and i'm like well okay, this is not going to be exactly the same, <laughs> you know, like I'm going, I'm going to get close, you know, but it's not going to be a hundred percent. But like, even that mm-hmm. too, is just like, you know, from, from knowing and experiencing, um, you know, um, and, and really understanding what your individual ingredients are going to bring to a, mm-hmm. a given dish and, and why, like, you know, someone would, you know, a recipe would call for a pearl onion, you know, that is, you know, boiled ever so slightly just to, you know, release some oils. And, you know, it's going to be mm. different than using like a, a common Spanish or white onion in the same way, you mm-hmm. know, but did you now I'm curious, did you actually buy a rabbit or did you use? No, Check no, I, 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 look, man, <laughs> my little story got rabbit, bro. <laughs> this was like, this was, this was a, a, Why you know, not, a very, bro? a very, a very last minute uh, dinner decision. Like, you know, I'm about to go start something else. And it's like, ah, go And I'm like, oh, okay, well, we're going to do this with chicken and I'm going to run to the store real quick. <laughs> Wouldn't it be dope though if you went to like a bodega and all of a sudden they had like literally hair? You're like, yeah. oh my god! Just like, oh yeah, yeah. this is yeah, what I'm going back, for, right? <laughs> but yeah, you know, not to say <laughs> that you know, awesome. one couldn't source that here in the city. So obviously, it could happen. But uh, yeah, yeah my local, can, but... my local, uh, my local key food uh, did not have any. Um, oh my god, uh, key foods! Yeah, wow. shout out to shout out to key food. Shout out to Sea Town. If you know, you know. And Aldi, been a I'm while. still waiting for my check. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sean, I forgot to tell you. So I went to, um, so Chef likes these um, these flatbreads, okay? So okay. he specifically goes to Stopping Shop to get them. I forget what exactly they're called, but they're in a blue plastic bag. They're Mediterranean-style flatbreads. They're really soft and like a perfect 11-inch. But anyway, needless okay. the case, uh, he's, he says he only finds it there. So I was at my local Aldi after working out. I was just kind of walking around because I, I usually get the Powerade from there. It's like a dollar ten. It's ridiculous. I don't know how they stay afloat, but Aldi, yeah, sure, they stay whatever. afloat by not sending us our checks. <laughs> <laughs> so I go in, I see the bread, and I'm like, uh-huh. wait, but it's spelled wrong, Sean. It's like the the original packaging is spelled with a T, and I think it's in Turkish. I think the the packaging, um, but this one is spelled with a D, and it's the same the same color. Literally, it's like okay. a bootleg version of it. Sure, but for three dollars less. So the current one is like, uh, I think we buy it at like six fifty. This one is like three twenty nine or something. Okay, <laughs> I texted Chef the picture. He was like, "Where are you?" I'm like, "I'm at Aldi." He's like, "Yeah, don't ever buy from Aldi." <laughs> <laughs> It's like don't ever. I if you ever use the company card on Aldi, I'll fire you myself. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was funny. 
Oh my goodness. Um, but all these shout outs to the power raids though. That's what's yeah, up. Um, shout out to the power raids. Uh dollar twenty seven at the at the low dial location, right next to the blink gym that I go to every morning. But anyway, like I was trying to say, um travel will be essential to mm-hmm. your journey uh to create your flavors, but also to to have the 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 presence of mind be like, hey, I think I need to try some more flavors to expand my palate. If you were so Sean, let's let's picture you college. You wanted to to learn some, I don't know, some Indian cuisine or some junk. How much money do you think you would put aside for you to to eat out a little bit and like I don't know, like to make you enough so how what am I trying to say? For you to learn enough but not break the bank. Like put that in perspective in your college years. How how would you go about that? And I mean I I mean I guess I I, I guess I'd have to trim some of that video game budget. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I but but I mean the, the reality is like look, if you, you if if it's important to you, um, I think you can. Uh, most I won't say most folks, but some folks can 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 move their resources around so they can you know enjoy some 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 experiences. Got it. Okay, I think in my college years, I, I wasn't necessarily pressed for money, but I saved most of my dough for. For eating, actually. So when I, I think I've told this story here uh, a few times. Uh, I paid for my college uh, in cash with a backpack um, from construction, and it was bloody and it was a whole thing. Um, fast forward, they called the cops and the deans came out. I'm like, is li- I I work construction? Literally, this is the cash that right. I earned. But I've saved enough of it where I made sure I I. I want. I really wanted to taste new cuisines. That was my main thing. Like I want to be a chef. I'm here for the program for the little whatever little program that they have over there, um, and then to acquire taste buds that you know will let me reference eventually in my journey. Um, I think that's how I did it. I think. I, I think I ate a lot of a lot of Indian food actually in my college years. And I want to say like a maybe lot, my lot maybe my perspective is a little different because like I grew up here in a city and everything is always available, right? So it's like uh, that is true. It, it, it would not have come across as weird or weird or foreign to walk into any restaurant and you know mm-hmm. it, it, it experience and try something. Or, or come in contact with someone who would who could pull you in a different direction than you might normally have, you know, been going to to kind of go and try something different as well. And I know that that is not necessarily something that's available to everyone else. Mm-hmm. You know, now, would you New York, New York being such a melting pot and metropolitan place? I was about to say, like, do you think that would be uh, if you were to live in a city, uh, just general city, because you know, there's more. Obviously, uh, opportunities to 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 experience something. You think that would be um, essential to acquiring new flavors I definitely, uh, in your journey? I think, yeah, I, I definitely think it's essential. I mean, you got to take like anything. If you're trying to get a better understanding, I mean, you got to make the most of your resources. You know, make the effort, and um, you know, go from there. Okay. So I mean to surmise it, right? Um, travel, travel is essential. You really, yeah. you really need to to save some money and to to experience um, experiences in different locations and and correct environments that they're uh, served in. Um, secondly, would be location, like as Sean was mentioning, uh, to be in a city or um, a metropolitan area or something like that, where more opportunities are within walking distance. I mean, just that, just that little photo of. Freaking um, Manhattan's like littered. Yeah. I mean, you literally go to any corner, there'll be a restaurant there no matter what. It's sure. just that's just how it is um, in New York City. Also, San Francisco, I believe. If you if you go around that way, uh, Los Angeles is also the same way. 
Um, I don't know about the Midwest. Maybe no, I don't know. <laughs> I don't yeah, know I mean, Chicago. When, last when I was in Chicago, you know, they had a pretty pretty good spread of um, mm. you know. I haven't been to Chicago in a while. I think I've had diff- different options, and then and also again, you know, you know, not to specifically you know talk about like cities, but you know, delve into the local fare of wherever you happen to be traveling in. Mm-hmm. You know, ask the questions, understand the history, like why were certain decisions made? Like, you know, like how 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 does food production in one area kind of inform? You know the the decisions and you know in, in the cuisine and in, in, in a given space like those are important things to understand as well mm-hmm. and then put those all together and then eventually 20 years later you have a little something that uh you can call your own maybe you know uh mm-hmm. i guess just depends on what you do i mean right now i've had this ramen recipe for 11 years i'm still tweaking it um I don't think I will ever be fully satisfied. I'll just keep on tweaking this damn thing. But it's the, I guess it's the journey for me that makes it um, quite interesting and quite pleasurable to keep on doing every year and be like, well, can I do different? Maybe I can do this one. I'm really going to do that. Imagine like a barbecued brisket, like on top of a ramen. Like that would be just so bomb. Like just think about it right it, now. It, it sounds delicious. Like, and it sounds delicious despite the fact that I've never had it because I've had brisket and because I've had ramen. Yeah, right? Right? Like, it's like that informs, you know, how I believe it would taste. And then, mm-hmm. you know, you, you layer your expertise on top of that and, you know, we have a have a good meal. And then we, you pull like a, you pull the Kentucky Fried Chicken kind of thing, like a, your chopsticks made out of drumsticks. The chicken <laughs> drumsticks. <laughs> right? Weren't they the ones that did the, uh, the yeah. chicken fries? Mm-hmm. <sighs> oh my goodness! Uh, oh, Sean, um, a Popeyes is opening right be- uh, right next to the hospital, but where Caitlin lives, Popeyes, bro. Um, I told her I was like, I'm expecting uh, a fried chicken sandwich every night before you come <laughs> home. <laughs> well, Thank don't you. have one. Don't have Please one search. every night. Otherwise, you will be in the hospital. <laughs> you pace. You gotta pace yourself. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Um, some other things, though, Sean. Before we do, um, before we yeah. do, I, I do want to share with you some. Um, I don't want to say memes, but I do want to share with you some memes uh, before uh, before we do go. Um, so, in your screen, I forget who exactly where this came from, but if everyone's watching right now, it's the the two women arguing with the cat on the table, like that meme, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the two women said, "I told you it was eighty sixth. The cats like I sold four of them. <laughs> That's real. This life. is uh, it isn't as like how many times have we told our servers like it's eighty six? Literally, it has a time slot on it. <laughs> like, well, at what point do you think I can't I can't sell it to you? It was gone like forty minutes ago. How do you want me? What do you want me to do? Like, I can't. I, I don't have it. Like, what what is? Uh, um, another one here, Sean. This is a this is a cool one. Uh, employer this is a tweet uh, employer if you're sick don't come to work so you don't spread the germs uh, employee I'm sick employer how sick yeah man that was a t- unfortunately too true in a, in a pre-covid world oh my god um, I think uh, I mean what was our rule in our kitchen I mean you're you're never too hungover like you're showing up for work like I don't care you're drunk, sure. Okay, cool. You're still showing up to work. That's not an excuse to, uh, to send. However, this is for everybody listening. Okay, I will share with you some secrets. Um, if you're in corporate standard, um, you're you're vomiting and you have diarrhea. Those are the two main things you need to say to your employer. And by law, they cannot have you in the building. I guess this is state of new jersey i know that's that's for real but i don't know about new york anybody but diarrhea vomiting those are the two things you need to say if you want a day off um but obviously they can ask you you need a doctor's note and that's when you kind of get screwed but diarrhea vomiting i don't know where, where i'm going at sean but i just wanted to share with everybody um how to get out of work uh and then finally this is um i forget what the show 
with Peter Griffin in it. Uh, Family Guy. Oh Family my God. Guy. He goes, uh, you know what really grinds my gears? Getting asked stupid questions during the busiest part of service. This is really funny to me. Sean, here's a story time for you. Um, it was, I want to say Saturday. So we had 58 covers. Right at the brunt of it, like at seven thirty sure. is when our busiest. It was our peak. I had uh, I don't know fourteen tickets on my on my list. Um, the server comes in. Hey, is is the um, is there gluten in the soba noodles? Now we have this dish, the soba noodles. Um, I was like, yeah, it does. She goes, isn't it made with buckwheat? I was like, typically it is, but this is a mix. It's seventy percent whole wheat. Uh, 30% buckwheat, so it's technically not 100% buckwheat, so thus it has gluten in it. And she looked at me like I was lying. I'm like, I- I'm not lying to you. Like, I Why would I lie to you if, right. the, if the person has an allergy or has celiacs or something? Um, and she was just like, no, you're wrong, bro. I literally had to walk out, grab the box, literally show it to her face. I was like, look, right there, 70-30. Now go away. <laughs> this is the first time I was a little mean, a little mean, Sean, okay? When I say a little mean, I was a little snippy. I mean, it was busy. It was hot. You know, I was I was not feeling myself. And then she came in with a little attitude, so I gave her a little attitude back. Um, I don't like that by myself, but I just, just, nah, just enough. Because um, it was a stupid question. Like, I, I'm giving you the correct answer. Um. And then you're going to say no. And then in the same shift, literally 10 minutes later, another server asks Ben, who's um, who's the second chef, um, about his dish. He goes, hey, does this have coconut in it? Because um, they're allergic to tree nuts. And Ben and I goes, well, coconut is not a nut. Right. The guy goes, well, technically it comes from a tree and it's a nut. It's a tree nut. I'm like, and we're both, no. <laughs> we're both just like, yeah, you know, that's just a real that's not, opportunity that's how, to kind of, you know, train and uh, just, you know, collect those, collect those questions. And again, I don't know, like, obviously your oh restaurant is not goodness. set up like the one we worked at. So I don't know if there's like this mm. pool of time where like you can have uh, this discourse with your, with your servers, but maybe that might be no. something to address. No, no, it wasn't. So we're just like, no, that's that's not how that works. Um, right. It's not. It's not a nut. It's it's a fruit more than anything. Um, yeah. Just because it comes from a tree. Wait, uh, anyway, last last one, Sean. Uh, I think you you'd enjoy this. Uh, to combat the chicken wing shortage, we are all still on a chicken wing shortage. Um, I forget what exact spot this is, but they're serving pork wings. Yeah, I know. Instead. Like, what was the, it like? Wingstop moved to thighs. Wingstop. Mm-hmm. This is thigh stop. So it's the same thing. So wing stop, this is like their thing. Um, I don't know why we have a national shortage of chickens right now. I was... I don't know so what's happening, I, I, but... Well, with, okay. So this, this is... Well, this is <laughs> what I was trying to understand, which is... Why? I, I guess maybe just the demand in general. I guess the, the, the short, the real answer is the demand for wings is significantly higher than thighs. Just in general, right? Like... Mm. But on like the baseline level, I'm just like, are are folks going out for thighs? I have no idea. Like, I mean, you just like you 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 eat them differently. I you know I in, guess, in, in the places know. in which like you know like um you know a bar situation, you know you're gonna break out the fo- like I guess I guess right if you're there, but. Mm. You know, I don't know. The, mar- the market the, will adapt, right? Like the market will adapt. But yeah, chicken chicken wings, wings are ridiculous right now. Like they are, bro. Ridiculous the price. We were we were at H Mart um, earlier, uh, yes, yesterday, and wings. Uh, I think a two pound a two pound thing of wings. Sean, it was eleven fifty. Yeah, eleven fifty. It was like eight pieces of wings in there. I'm like, what is what is life? Yeah, yeah. what is going on? So, yeah, that is it. That's how you create your own flavors. Have a national chicken shortage. Keep eating up all the wings. And then eventually you'll create your own um, bomb-ass wing eventually. Um, just traveling to and fro. But 
<laughs> I still don't know why we have a chicken shortage. But nonetheless, though, Sean, um, do you want to send him out with with a positive or a negative? What, oh, yeah, what is your um, What is your thing for today? Yeah, so uh, the other day, um, a, a cinema classic was uh, released to theaters and, and, and homes uh, across the world. And, and by this, okay. I am talking about Space Jam, A New Legacy. <laughs> <laughs> And um, again, like I mentioned at the top of the show, I am a very big basketball fan. Um, mm-hmm. It is no secret that Michael Jordan and LeBron James are two of my favorite players of all time. So, mm-hmm. you know, when uh, HBO Max uh, premieres Space Jam, A New Legacy, you know where I was Saturday morning at 8 a.m. <laughs> Right on the couch, ready Watching to, Space uh, Jam. you know, live the Space Jam dream. And, um, wow, sometimes you just can't go home again. <laughs> <laughs> Not to say the movie was, like- was, was bad, but I think um, it was nakedly uh, apparent that that movie, and maybe even the original Space Jam, were designed as like a cross media cross retail amalgamation of focus testing like i i i never felt even when like i've never felt like i've watched a two-hour commercial for anything (laughs) that was a two-hour commercial oh yeah it was a it was a two-hour commercial for um Nike and Warner Brothers and wow. you know um LeBron James's um I won't say his ego but like <laughs> it was yeah like I, I man man uh I won't say I was I disappointed because it it was what it was which was you know it's fundamentally a kids movie but mm-hmm man like scene to scene it's just like like as an adult you're just like oh so that's what they're selling here okay they're selling jerseys here there's wow. you know like okay they're they're, they're they're selling this here okay all right okay there's just the, the, there were so many different like product placement references that just existed mm. for the sake of just being ads and uh yeah, then the movie ends. <laughs> and th- th- then it ends, you know? Uh, wow. Yeah. So it didn't hit the same as when the Monstars first came out? Is no, it didn't. Me? Like, it, you know, and you know, spoilers aside, like, it didn't. Like, when Michael Jordan was taking on the Monstars, the fate of the universe was at stake. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, like... This was this movie was pretty much like LeBron James versus his parental duties versus a programmatic uh, algorithm <laughs> designed. Oh, <wow. laughs> yeah, like it was just <sighs> man. But 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 I will say that after enduring um, a two-hour commercial, they did they did get me to. Open my phone and look at the Nike app to see how much one of those oh. <laughs> uh, Goon Squad jerseys was. Wow! So I guess it worked. It did. It did. I didn't buy it, but they did get me to open up the app, which I wouldn't have wow. done otherwise. So good oh. on you, Nike. Way to go! Way, way to go. just sell. Way to just sell your soul to the devil. Yeah, man. It's like, just, this movie just didn't need like. It, it it didn't need to exist. It didn't need to exist. Mm. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you just can't go back. You can't go back home. I mean, uh, how do you? How are you going to top um, R. Kelly's version of "I Believe You Can Fly"? Just, just let's just you. Yeah, let's yeah. Just put it out there. You can't. Like I the mean, most classic you, fucking song. You can't ever I, again. Like it's just we live in a different time. Like when Space Jam came out, like the internet was not um, structured in the way that things are now. And, you know, the mystique of Michael Jordan was that, like, you know, despite the fact that he was 
one of the most popular athletes on the planet. There was just so much about the man that you didn't know. And some of that was by design and some of that was, you know, um, because the technology wasn't there and the access wasn't there. But again, like, you know, I know what LeBron James, you know, without, without, it's like, I can know, I can know what LeBron James is up to at any point in time because of like social <laughs> media and the because of ESPN yeah. machine that's like constantly, you know, providing you all of this insight and access. So when that's a world that we actually live in, when you're looking at a two hour movie that, you know, it just, yeah, it was just, it was just a long, a long commercial. There were some funny wow. jokes. There were, you know, I chuckled, but ultimately mm-hmm. that movie did not need to exist. And wow. um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't see, I don't see the, uh, the opportunity for that movie to kind of live on in the hearts of today's kids in the same way that like the original Space Jam existed for mm-hmm. you know for for kids who are who are my age at that time. No, and definitely I, I because they were you know there you know there 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 was a soundtrack to this movie, but yeah, nothing was as like stirring and reverential as R. Kelly's "I Believe I Could Fly." Yeah, you know. I, I mean, I can still remember the music video. Like, because you because you because you couldn't understand how Michael Jordan could fly, right? Like, it's like, but now, but now so I, I, but now you understand, right? Like now, now you can see the work that it takes to develop mm-hmm. your calf muscles and the, you know, like you can see it. You can see LeBron James, you know, working out in the off season, you know, toning his body and getting ready for the rigors in the NBA season, like. That's not a mystery, so it's just a different, different time. So you're disappointed. I mean, I get it. I get it. I, I would be too. So just, I mean, just looking at your face, I'm not gonna watch it. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. Good. I so mean, uh, thank you for sparing me the uh, the the trouble because I I was kind of interested in seeing it because yeah, I was such a big fan. It's a good original. looking. It's a good looking movie. Like I, I would say, if you can see clips of it sure but i would not say hey you need to commit yourself uh, to two hours to see this to see this film i'm good black widow was great by the way we saw it that was uh i felt good so mm-hmm. fyi okay black widow, all right I, I, will, better, I, will check, I will check out black widow a better two of your hours spent um oh for sure the but you know what you can go back to or now i'm realizing this you can go back to saved by the bell that new show is hilarious you were telling me about it um yeah i'm definitely gonna look into it pleasantly surprised so you know to watch the olympics um you know they are streaming on peacock but peacock premium because you know everything's a channel that you need to pay extra for but i figured you know what i want to see team usa you know, what's five bucks to watch a collection of the world's best basketball players lose to other basketball players? I got five bucks. Let's <laughs> roll the dice. Let's see it happen. Take my money. But, <laughs> yeah, take my five bucks. But yeah, while exploring the rest of Hulu's, or not Hulu, uh, Peacock's catalog, one of their original shows is um, a new sitcom based on the old property, Saved by the Bell. And I thought that it was going to be... Um, a kid, not a, like a kid show or a preteen show like the original Saved by the mm. Bell was, but this show very clearly would would not be out of place on like prime time um, cable oh, wow. or network TV. Like, there's a show called AP Bio that's also on NBC, and I almost mm-hmm. feel like if that show didn't exist, Saved by the Bell could be on television in in, oh, in wow. its same in its same place because they kind of have like a very, you know, mature vibe and atmosphere and aesthetic to the joke writing while also, um, you know, paying its respects to the Saved by the Bell show that existed almost 25 years ago. It's crazy. Yeah, I do remember them. We're all Sean. It's okay. You can pass on, you can pass on Space Jam. Um, Go watch some Saved by the Bell. Cool. Not too crazy. Um, looking at the calendar, there's literally nothing else. Like there's, yeah, I mean, nah, yeah. If you want to think about Labor holidays, Day, uh, Labor um, Day, Columbus Day. That's nothing for the restaurant. 
Halloween, I guess, depending on what kind of restaurant you're in, uh, we were never busy on Halloween. It was yeah, just kinda, no, yeah. Um, Halloween was definitely not a. We were not a destination. The literally the only thing we're looking for right now is we're getting ready for um, Christmas. This is mm-hmm. the the final stretch per se. Uh, we're getting all our numbers buttoned up. Uh, we're getting ready for Christmas because in our restaurant that was the busy, literally the craziest week. Uh, yeah. Christmas. So looking at it right now, Christmas falls on a Saturday, my guy. Oh boy! So that entire weekend, you're you're smacked. Just you're you're messed up. And then um, what you call that? Uh, New Year's is also on a Saturday. So literally that from from Christmas all the way to New Year's, that at least for this year. Uh, the restaurants are going to be so stupid. So stupid. So just to let you know, just for an FYI, for everybody else, um, brace yourself. It's going to get a little ridiculous. But hey, don't go crazy. Be safe. Like I mentioned, we are live every time that Sean and I do this. You can check them out at Twitter, at MetricardX. Uh, any comments, anything, whatever, uh, go to Gmail at AskChefSalty. And then you can check all our all our episodes and all our, our all our stuff at YouTube at Chef Salty Pork Podcast or on any of your streaming devices if you just prefer on the audio. Nothing too crazy. But on the video, obviously you can see Sean and myself's beautiful faces, um, our humble abodes, um, mm. and actual, you know, faces and my scars. So you can I mean you can't really I'm trying to like put it up to the camera, but it's not focusing. But it's it 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 went in there like a good inch or so. Um, I took out the the, the band aid to show you today. So I you know it's a show and tell today, Sean. <laughs> Other than that, though, peace out, internet.